this week's first topic. Our top three is going to be top three Bond girls. And this is for you, No Time to Die coming out recently. And so um, let's go ahead and start with you, Jason. What is your number three Bond girl? My number three Bond girl? Pussy Galore. I think that's self explanatory <laughs> Like, oh, how'd they get away with names. that shit? In the okay. 1960s, they named a character Pussy Galore. Yeah, but like, in the 60s, the pussy, pussy was a normal... It wasn't as impactful. Oh, that was just a normal name? You name your kids? Hey, this is my child, Pussy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is my <laughs> son, Pussy. <laughs> People introduce their wives as Pussy, yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> but Pussy Galore, right. I love her. I, I will admit, outside of the name, I'm not a huge fan of her. Of, um, <laughs> but, I mean, everything is in the name, so why, why, yeah. why hate, you know? Uh, Jaren, go ahead. What is your number three? So, uh, <laughs> you only live twice. Um, it was uh, Aki, or, yeah, Aki, played by Akiko Wakasaba. I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher that last name, so I'm just going to stop right now. Uh <laughs> Absolutely fantastic, strong-minded, uh, adorable, even with the bouffant hairdo of, of the time. Of course, Jaren picks an Asian woman. <laughs> oh, there's more than one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Well, the, I'm pretty sure I'm taking one of his. I'm going with Juan Lin, Michelle Yoy for Tony Never Dies. For me, I got. I always tell people, like, for me, Pierce Brosnan is – the bond I knew first before I knew anything else because when I grew up, that was the current bond that was running. I didn't think to go back and watch all these old movies to get up caught up. So uh she was the first one out of I feel like out of Pierce Brosnan's run that I felt like was not just hot, but also could like bust ass and wasn't just there because you needed someone there for Bond just to bang. So uh <laughs> she makes not yeah like yeah a Dr. So she's Christmas my... scenario. Yeah, yeah, she is definitely my number three. Oh, so, so, Jason, bad. your number two? My number two is Natalia Simonov, Simonova, Simonova from Goldeneye. Uh, speaking mm. of, of Pierce Brosnan, I mean, I saw, I think, one Timothy Dalton movie when I was a small child, but Pierce Brosnan was the person that introduced me to Bond. Obviously, Goldeneye was the quintessential Bond movie, and she was the quintessential right. Bond chick. She was smart, she was capable. Don't use her levels in the Golden Knight game as a uh, reflection of her character because those levels are terrible. <laughs> well, other than that... Right. <laughs> she was, For all you, she was, all she you could... old people out there that actually played Golden Knight in N64. <laughs> yeah. I love that you're but referencing also, almost a 25-year-old game going, hey, don't Her levels are terrible, but she was the one you would pick other than Objob because she was the fastest character and she could run right, around yep. really cool. So yeah, yep. Natasha, Natalia, she's my she's my girl. Number two. <laughs> all right, all right Jaren, you're number two. Bomb number girl. two, uh, uh, right out of we're going a little modern, right out of Quantum of Solace, uh, Strawberry Fields. Oh yeah, she's cute. Yeah, <laughs> that's the only. She got, got fucking it. covered in oil. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, she's a she was a smoking ginger. That I mean, come on. And the name is great. I mean, it is, it is what it is. That so well, I didn't know what we were basing this on, and I didn't want to go <laughs> oh, my name because it would have been it would have been a lot of vagina and whatnot. My first but, one was Pussy Galore. I didn't even think yeah. I saw that movie. Right? <laughs> so I was going purely on looks. I'll be I'll be real honest. Oh man, um, my number two is going to be Tracy Bond, the only in 
reality-based marriage that James Bond really had. Because the other one he had, she was actually a spy. So that's where you get awesome powers when she flipped. Anyway, Tracy Bond was uh, played by uh, Diana Rigg, I believe. And I think it's on, I know, uh, here's one of it, on her Mac. On um on Her Majesty's Secret Service, mm. Tracy Bond. So the only Bond woman to actually lock Bond down. So Which she is, is uh, going to be my number. Until very thematical. We come and talk about this one. movie that's coming up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, were they were they married in this one? In the new no, one? but she locked oh. him down. Locked yeah, him. that was that was some lockdown. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't know if that's dude, really a lockdown yeah, without marriage. Oh, oh, we'll talk about it later. But dude, yeah, we'll, we'll, I love you. We'll <laughs> yeah, but he, he loved a lot of these broads too. That he anyway, never told it, him. It, he never told him that. I don't know, but that, it, it says that's why I say it's my number one. So I'm gonna go go ahead, uh, Jason. Your number one Bond girl. My number one. Speaking of women that Bond has loved, especially yeah. in this modern era, I'm gonna go with uh, Vesper Lynn. This is the the one. God damn it. You took my number one. So let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and round this up. She has to be number one. She's the one that in this no. uh, uh, series of movies uh, pretty much, you know, forms Bond's pathos on his view of women because he did, in fact, love her. And then she portrayed him, even though it's not really like she wanted to do it. She was forced to do it. But like, you know, that fucked it dude up. And you can tell in a lot of these movies that like he's still dealing with that that heartbreak. And, Especially and, in this latest one. Yeah, especially in this latest one. Uh, and then also, like, you know, um, if you want to take this, you know, as the whole thing as canon, as all these movies are a part of it, it kind of informs you why he's such a misogynistic prick to women because he got his heart broken yeah. from Best Berlin. So that's why yeah, she's I'm my gonna, number I'm going to jump on because she's my number sure, one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, it's Eva Green, so we should all jump on. But with that being <laughs> said, um, Everything you said is absolutely correct. That's why she's my number one. But also, more importantly, that she's my number one is that in a, Daniel Craig, if you watch Casino Royale, he seems like, you know, almost happy with his life. After yeah. this betrayal, the rest of them, like especially Quantum of Solace, he's a miserable human being. And he's you can tell it's a direct, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a direct <laughs> reflection of that heartbreak. Why he's a miserable human being for the rest of this for the rest of this series. So <laughs> yes, that's why she's my number one, just for that big reason alone. I left off another thing that she also pretty much matched not only matches wits with James Bond, but pretty much outsmarts him as well mm-hmm. because of the, he mm-hmm. she got him hook, line, and sinker. So like you don't really see a lot of uh in especially in the early movies, a lot of Bond women, you know, not only matching up to James Bond, but surpassing him. And that's also really cool. Well, yeah, yeah, back in the day that wasn't their yeah, that wasn't reason the reason for being there. <laughs> yeah, you were there to look cute, and he'll have sex with you, and you probably die. Yeah, some and tragic and in a very and a slinky shot of you in a bed with very little on well, and very little cover to get you fired. To uh, unless you had sex with him. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, rapey. I mean, all right, Jaren, you're number one. Yeah, I mean, mine mine was already said, so it's just it, uh, Wyland, uh Michelle Yeoh. I mean, she's fucking. Outside, like just in this movie, but then outside of these movies, she's always a consummate badass. Every time she shows up, she kicks ass, she takes names, and I fucking love her for it. So, you know, I call me a weeb, call me predictable, whatever. You are a weeb, you Um, are predictable, but you also are right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I know she was scheduled to be in Die Another Day, but Hmm. something happened contractually, so she would have been. One of two Bond girls to ever show up in a well, I guess oh, now three, oh, yeah, 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 but show up in a sequel. I guess this new one has now makes three, but I mean, makes right, another right. two, but anyway, 
Uh, so that's pretty cool with that one. And then I give uh, my honorable mention. I just have it because I didn't have a number one because mine was tied with Jason's. I'm just gonna <laughs> give the number one to um, the current sister that is in the new. James oh yes, Bond. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil anything. So current the current. Yeah, again, I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, yeah. But yeah. yes, the current sister that is in the new James Bond, No Time to Die, is my honorable Lynch mention. And that if this list was made three, four years from now, she probably would be my number one. So she was a beast. Gonna leave her. No. She was way better yeah, than Holly Berry. One hundred percent. Hundred percent. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? <laughs> Same thing that happens to everybody yeah, else. Poor writing. Oh, I love Halle Berry, but goddamn. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't even yeah. attempt an African accent. Just couldn't. Just didn't even do it. Just like no yeah. <laughs> well, I, I give appreciation. They just got rid of it in the sequels. They didn't even yeah. ever do it any further in the sequel. They were like, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, Nobody. You you've become Americanized. You lived there long enough. You've been here long enough. Yeah, your accent just falls off. We're not going to even right. really write you as a character anyway. You're just going to be there. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Probably the second, probably third most important X-Men gets no screen time, and the first most important X-Men gets no good things done to him either. I mean, yeah, perfectly fine. They just basically just was like, Wolverine, let's... You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know what the kids want. Yeah. Right, you want right. this big hairy dick. Here you go. Wolverine <laughs> all over the place. From this five-three smelly oh. guy. Oh, sorry. We're gonna cast a six-two uh actor who can sing and dance. Okay, never mind. Wolverine's yeah. great. Wolverine's <laughs> yeah. great. <Boom>. Done. <laughs> we did our job. Everybody knows Nightcrawler is the best X-Men of all time, hands down. Hey, X2 showed how powerful he fucking is. He, he yeah. did a, a one-man assault on the White House and fucking succeeded. Oh, no, power scaling. Yeah, yeah, but that's excellent. What are you going to say? Like, what are you going to say, Jason? Dazzler? Yeah. Uh, Michael is probably, probably top six, top it's seven. Jubilee, for sure. I mean, the, let's be completely honest. The best X-Men of all time is Cyclops, but... No, it's oh, either here or more. Wow, the one they created to kill right in, the comment, in the cartoon. <laughs> hold on, hold that's on. No, I'm talking about for storylines and just general <laughs> things that happen. Now, if you talk about power levels, then no. I mean, there's so many more mega level mutants that have been in the X Men now. Oh, yeah. But, but ladies, for storylines. Ladies and gentlemen, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you ever ask a significant other if their favorite, what their favorite X Men is, and they say Cyclops, dump that motherfucker. <laughs> oh, definitely. Jason. He's definitely my favorite X Men by far. <laughs> yeah. Jason, I mean, I'm you got to think about I'm, it. He I'm 100% with you on that. A clone, has a baby with the clone, but his ex-girl comes back from the dead and is like, see Bro. you later, clone. <laughs> Bye, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> I mean, Cyclops has the best shit going on. I mean, he's no, like, yeah, he does. Yeah, he's so Cyclops is on the top of level of deadbeat dads. Yeah, he held, like, he held the blue team of the, the future. X-Men together. He, had, he even cheated on his. He psychically cheated on his wife. Yeah, we all psychically awesome. cheat if, the fuck if, out of here. If, if you have, if you create photorealistic things in your mind because you have a fucking psychic, count. and you also have another powerful ass psychic as your wife, and you're fucking, does not yeah, count. it does count. You know, if it's up. not real, Cyclops is problematic as fuck. That's, that's <laughs> he is problematic, bit. but that's what makes his character great. That's the greatest <laughs> thing about his character is that he's problematic, but he's a fucking hell of a leader, and he bought into the the myth of what they were supposed to be for so long until he stopped. And he became an even better character, and then like I was like, like, "Yeah, fuck all this, fuck yeah. you, Charles. Here's some laser." Right, video right. For the <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm such a great character. And at some and, and at some point in alternate reality, he burnt straight through Wolverine's fucking wrist and took that hand clean the fuck off. 
Oh yeah, by in the age of apocalypse. His ability to his ability also too his powers like depending who you ask have changed over the years. Like, yeah. is it just pushing? Is it actually heat? Is it actually like plasma? It doesn't matter. It's just it's something. It's something it, now that he shoots a, and everybody a, respects it. It's a MacGuffin. I think we his, need to tell the story. <laughs> I think his power is to maintain an actual thruple with Wolverine and Jean Grey. <laughs> which is That's currently going on. Power. Yes. Yeah. Which is currently the fact going that Jean Grey still comes back after that hairy little fucker got on her. That that's his power. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that dick must be great. Because <laughs> you know, Will Reed's dick is great. That yeah. dick I mean, must be even better. He's like, my name is Cyclops on the team, but they call me Girth Daddy. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, because I mean, Wolverine has a healing factor. So as soon as he shoots one, he's right back. Like, <laughs> and that's nerd oh, news, man. everybody. <laughs> there oh. you go, nerd news, news, news. All right, let's let's go ahead and jump into a what if. Uh, I didn't get the title of this, but I think it's What If the Watcher Intervenes or something was the title of What If. This is the final what the season finale. The final episode of the season. <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah. I actually haven't watched this yet. I haven't had a chance. I'm sorry. I'm Jared, shut the fuck up. I'm the worst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't have I've to got tell a title us. to just... watch as soon as we get done with this, and I'm excited to see it. Just on the camera, just do this. Like, Just do the choke sign, and you don't watch it. <laughs> So that on the audio, no one knows you didn't watch it. We just zoom past you, make it feel like you just got edited. They're just out. like, why didn't that? So, why did that other guy talk about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just, they just like your shit just got edited out because it wasn't worth yeah. anything. Next time, yeah, that's what we'll yeah. do. Uh, well, then, Jason, what did you think of what if the Watcher medals for the season finale? I enjoyed this one. I mean, I enjoyed every single one of these episodes. This was like, I guess it was. I, I my biggest complaint for this one is that. This kind of seemed like it was kind of rushed to this point of like, oh, we have all these, you know, ancillary uh, story, whatever stories. And then all of a sudden, like the last episode, it's like, oh, yeah, uh, Ultron's going to be the bad guy. And then the next episode, we defeat him. Everybody's happy. And this is the whole plan the whole entire time. And like, I guess for me, they could have made easily made this season, you know, because it's supposed to be 10 episodes. It's only nine. And they even cut out one that. Oh. Uh, was supposed to be because now they added Aura and we get to see her yeah. backstory of why she was there. So they could have made this season a little bit longer. I understand why they didn't because of COVID. Uh, it felt a little rusty, but other than that, I enjoy seeing all these characters coming together and fighting uh, Ultron and winning. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed the fact that they uh, brought Natasha back to uh, get Almanzola into. Uh, spoilers alert into uh, Ultron's belly and then Killmonger did what Killmonger does, which is betray everybody. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, I thought that was, I thought it was fun, even though I thought it was a little rushed, but still. Uh, pretty much everybody got a happy ending. So, except for uh, Stephen Strange, who gets sent back to his pocket universe with two more people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> he has to watch. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I thought that this was rushed also thank you for answering the question because that was one of my gripes was that the tony stark and gamora thing like it yeah. felt came out of nowhere well it makes sense if it was supposed to be another episode so thank you for filling me in for that one makes my score go a little higher for that then since they it wasn't their fault for this episode that the, episode will be shown next season which doesn't help but they'll work it in yeah. somehow or you think it'll be episode one it'll be episode one and they'll just yeah. go on yeah they should just do a special edition and just drop it and like, yeah, just drop whatever but, it's ready and it's like, here you go. There's that episode. Yeah, episode. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. The lost episodes, just like uh, Star Wars. Anyway, yeah. so 
But going to the point of this, I just look at it and uh, like the best part of all of this was, like you said, having a lot of these characters who in the real MCU don't ever really converge over, having them converge over, which I thought was really, really fun. The Captain uh, or the Captain Carter and Black Widow thing, I thought that was really exciting because we know about Captain America and Black Widow, so that was always fun. Uh, even bringing in Thor, this happy-go-lucky Thor, and having the stakes actually be legitimate, I thought that was fun. And the things that gave me some of the good feels was the Killmonger and T'Challa stuff where he's like, you know, cousin goes, I'm not your cousin. Like, that was just <laughs> awesome because I felt like, yeah, that's what this Killmonger would feel and say. Because like, I'm like from a not... different universe. I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> I killed <laughs> right, you right, in my right. universe. <laughs> yeah, we not fam. Like, we not down with it. So I thought that was very impressive. So, no, all in all, I enjoyed it. It it, it tied everything up because I think that was the question we all had with all these things kind of converge. Not only did it converge, but did it converge with a, a villain or enemy, I think, is arguably somebody that we can get behind it, it converging to do. Like, you have, like, it's very few in the Marvel universe that you can feel like actually can do that. You know, we have our Thanos, but, you know, Doctor Doom is another one. You know, Ultron's another one. It's some of them that can... Visibly, if you say, oh, they all have to join together to fight this threat because this threat found some ultimate power, Ultron's in that list of ones I feel like you can do that with and get away with. It's definitely not Stephen Wolf. Peace. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Oh, I'm not uniting, I'm, I'm not oh, uniting no. the seven for Stephen Wolf. Like, <laughs> oh, DC. Like, why are we I could be like, hey, where did Wonder Woman <laughs> take this guy out? Yeah, Wonder Woman yeah. take this guy out. I, I we'll eat at lunch later. <laughs> yeah. We'll see Jason you in a minute. Bringing the DC eight. <laughs> I it's, so, it's, it's, it's 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 my because I love DC so much. It hurts so much that so they can't get yes. it together. That's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, and it's not hard with those characters. They're, they're no, easier than Marvel to get right. Like they're yeah, very because easy. you've you literally had eighty years of practice. Yes, <laughs> yes. Marvel, you only have forty years of all these characters <laughs> being good. Yeah. In DC, you have a, a, almost a century's worth. Of shit you can do, and you're like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. Warner <laughs> so you put it on Jeff Johns. He's a fucking guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jesus. Uh, yeah. So out of the, if you had to wrap up the whole season, Jason, what would you score the whole entire season of What If? I would say it's like a three point seven. You know, oh, it's wow, like okay. it's it's good. It's good fun Marvel stuff, but it's not nothing like. You know, we're not going to be like next year talking about this like we were talking about Daredevil season season one, right? Mm, that's or true. even like Loki. You know, mm. we're just going to be like, okay, this is this was a it was a fun side project, but it's in the scheme of of things in Marvel, it's not that you know essential. All so right. I, I was going to put it at a two, but I, after reviewing my thought processes of it all, I watched a few other episodes later on. I'm going to go 2.5. For, I'm giving it to 0.5 because this is, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman's last, you know, thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so I had to give it a little bit more respect on that. So that will be the only possibly rewatchability we would have, I would have for it, is that I would probably have my girls watch some of these that they haven't watched because he's in it. But other than that, I'm like, you. Yeah, I gave it a 2 just because I have no interest to ever want to journey back to the what if. Season one, yeah. like I'm good. It's not, 
it's not consequential. There's nothing here that's going to be like, oh, it's going to be like, oh, this is going to be cool when they get in the next movie. It's like, no, this is this is it. This is all right. This, this, that, well, that by its nature, that's what it is. It's a side story. Yeah. <laughs> As well, an Iron Man fan, I want to give it a one because the fuck. But um, <laughs> overall, yeah. this whole overall, entire season should be like, what if yeah. Iron Man is just dead the whole entire time? <laughs> <laughs> he straight up dies like all the constantly dead <laughs> or a zombie or about to die i mean it's it's some bullshit it that is the said. fucked up thing about the zombie iron man thing it's like iron man should be the one that's least likely to be a zombie he's in a fucking suit one fucking 100 percent. how did that motherfucker get bit it's bullshit. like did you take off your suit and you hug somebody yeah. what the fuck yeah his nanotech would have i yeah, it's whatever it's it's silly um no but yeah. i like from that perspective i want to throw one at it but uh i have to acknowledge that even though some of the rigs were less than great, the animators did a damn good job with the action all the way through. Every time people were moving, they were moving fluidly, they were moving quick, and the action was well, like... Unless like, they were running. Directed. <laughs> Unless they were it running. Runs, and if the camera was cool. still, and they were running towards it, or away from it, it looked a little goof-goof. But, it was a little jank. Yeah, a little jank. But uh coming from two yeah. non-practicing animators. Right. So I'm I'm definitely gonna give it I'm definitely gonna give it a uh a two point five uh as well. I hope that in the if they do another season, uh, because I haven't heard that they are, but if they do another season, I hope that they get a better technical director to sort out the rigging issue so that they can because a, a great animator is always limited by the three D rig that he has to operate. They're definitely doing another season. Yeah, all right. Well, then I hope they get a better record. So. And I'm don't dig borrow it from Disney. I'm going to dig in the archives to see what you gave Bad Batch. And if, and if those numbers don't match. Pretty sure it's 2.5. Or, Pretty or sure it's Bad 2. Batch 5. isn't higher. We are calling you to the carpet for that. You, you I, dig would give, archives, I would give. I guarantee you it was probably a 2. Overall, if you're going to compare the two shows, overall, the animation in What If is slightly better. It is. But. Uh, if we're talking about Clone Wars from season three on, chef's kiss. <laughs> this looked like you were just taking a, a joint out of your mouth. That, 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 uh, yeah, chef's that. blood. <laughs> yeah, either or. All right. Well, good good job. What if? Um, what if? Oh, that's gonna. I don't need to add what I was gonna add. It's fine. We can go into reviews. Let's Re- go ahead reviews. and jump on into reviews. the latest James Bond vehicle. No time to die. Um, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, Jaren, what do you think of No Time to Die? All right. First, overall, I like this. I was a fan of it. I walked into it with people saying in my ear that uh, it wasn't paced exceptionally well, that it was too lovey-dovey, and there was not enough action sequences. Uh, watching it, I didn't get that at all. Those people were wrong, in my opinion. I thought... The action was great. Uh, the initial car trace is great. I love to see the classic like spike balls, like the <laughs> guns out of the front and the smoke screen used to brilliant effect. It and it, like they did a great. I think that was such a callback to just classic Bond fans that I fucking loved it. Um, I, I will say that Deadpool has officially ruined me for Bond beginnings because he did it so much better in Deadpool Two with him on the gun, and I'm just like, I was waiting for something better. Like it, this Bond opening, I'm just like, <laughs> I just wish the whole time it was Deadpool Two. <laughs> like, don't worry, guys. Check, 
Jason's laughing because I just slapped my face because Jaron and his Deadpool shit is going to be the death of me. Continue on, please. Continue. Um, uh, as far as the gadgets go, I'm a gadget guy. I love the gadgets. Give me a proton pack. Give me a fucking uh, uh, time vehicle. The gadgets this time were okay. They were kind of minimal. That being said, the villains had the best goddamn gadget in the whole movie with that mag vest that they shot down a uh, the. That like they shot down the uh, the uh, elevator tube that like shot a bunch of things out and they and they just strapped the dude to a vest and they just dumped him down a hundred foot chute and it used magnetics to like stop him right before he became a plaster on the bottom. Thought that was awesome. Um, the mid oh uh, Bond moves on uh, goes to Cuba on the, at the behest of the CIA meets uh, the one of the most attractive women I've ever seen. And uh, she claims to have only Paloma. been three weeks. The, yeah, only uh, claims to be on, on the job for three weeks. Clearly, she's lying. Either way, at in the middle of that fight, the mid-gunfight drink that he pours behind the bar is one of the most Bond things I've ever seen. And I fucking loved it. So much so that I made a note about it in the theater. I was like, mid-gunfight drink is my favorite. <laughs> and I put a heart and She takes one with them. She's, she's like, yeah, let's do this. Not yeah. <laughs> She was all about it. Um, uh, Bond doing when he meets his daughter without knowing it's his daughter. When he that spoilers. face, he, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> when he that face he does when he's doing the math on the age is fucking classic. He's just like he's a hundred percent. There's just he's just standing there. It's a very static image, and he's just like he's like looking at her, looking at her eyes, and he's doing the math in his head, and he's like, because mm. he. He figures it out like right in there. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, it's not you. It's like, put the blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the I, I literally had only one issue, and it's this movie would have been over at about an hour and 30 if she had listened to Bond and shot whoever came through that fucking door in the Misty Wood sequence if it wasn't him, because she should have put like seven bullets in our boy Malik without even thinking. It should have just happened. So she was out of bullets, man. She wasn't out of bullets. She he handed her a gun. Yeah, she shot a dude before, yeah. and then Mally comes out and she was out of bullets. Yeah, because uh, that's, remember, why she she, that's what made Bond run back because she heard the gunshots. He heard the gunshots. Yeah. All right. Well, he should have left her with more than four bullets. You're right. That's right. <laughs> she should have threw the gun at him. <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works in movies. <laughs> yeah. She could have gotten out of there scot free if she had done that. Um uh, and, and and then at some point they said uh, they said the name of the movie in the movie, which is always a plus. So uh, they said the name of the movie, and they look into the camera uh, with, with our with our <laughs> with our with our badass new Bond girl, our new 007. Uh, I guess yeah, spoiler. <laughs> I guess it's time to die, and then boot boots that the most annoying. Guys, we have to say spoilers before we say the thing, <laughs> just so you guys don't know what that is. I, like we, we in, say in, spoilers before we say the thing. <laughs> in the edit, I'll go back and I'll flash a spoiler warning on the screen before I I start talking. Um, yeah, but I'm not going to do that for the audio. So again, with. All right, yeah, it's fine. I'll put it in the passage that is spoilers all over. Sorry, all right, good to see you. yeah, sorry, audio guys. Um, but yeah, and she kicks him into that acid. And the most annoying scientist in the history of scientists. Dude starts fucking mouthing off, 
and here's a spoiler about how he could just destroy the whole yeah. entire West African yeah. diaspora if he wanted to. Like, yeah, yeah. Why are you going to say that to a black lady, man? Oh <laughs> like, no, he he was that. Well, that's that's a hundred percent Russian right there. Is what that is. I mean, if he said it to Bond, Bond would be like, "So okay, so yeah, that's why he said it to her." Cool, we're British. We've been trying to do this the whole entire time. What are you talking right, about? Right, right. He'd be like, "They had all that light work for a minute. Yeah, they had all light work out here in these streets." <laughs> Uh, but that means so yeah so like yeah I fucking I, I enjoyed the shit out of this movie I thought the the action sequences were great uh, the settings were great um, Malik is uh, unsettling to look at uh, but acted well so yeah and the the girl was adorable and it was sad it was really fucking sad that whole sequence at the end I got the cute little gonna... white bitch in this thing <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I'm like I'm gonna bring the cute little Find the cutest little white girl you can. Let's put it in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're gonna need chubbier cheeks and bluer eyes, please. There's <laughs> yeah. one of the little Aryan babies out here. Yeah, 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 yeah. We need a child, extra Aryan. <laughs> from from now on, on Jared's reviews, we're gonna start doing like the pros and the cons because I don't even know what your review is. You're like, oh, the action was cool. I liked it. So, yeah. <laughs> so we're just gonna do like pros, the things that oh, Jared liked. Bits. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then cons, the things Jared didn't like. So pros, things that Jared liked. Any beautiful girl. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The mag vest. <laughs> nice shot. The mag vest. Uh, Deadpool's beginning was better. Uh, that that car chase was fantastic. It wasn't le- at the level of like Ronan. Oh, no, we got, we got you, got you. Just, but it was just good. Just go yeah. push through. Just push through your review. The rest of it. Just go. Moving it. Just go yep, yep. Just go yeah, yep. You got anything left for left for us, Jerry? Uh, Bond in this movie can take a grenade explosion at close range. Like nobody I've ever seen, and also when that when that grave exploded, when Vest was grave exploded, his cell phone worked exceptionally well considering it was next to a big fucking explosive three seconds ago. So yeah, other than that, yeah, great stuff. Loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. Okay, Jason, your review of No Time to Die. All right, uh, most of my sentiments going to be the same as Jaren's, but I'm going to start off with the thing that I felt was the weakest part of the movie. Which is the villain, um, Romy Malik's Lucifer Scar? Blah, 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 I don't know. Uh, thank it's God that Romy, thank God that he can fucking act because there was no character development there. There's no, there's no minute. Like he was just, oh, I'm a just a dick. I'm just gonna do dick shit. You know, that's it. Like he was angry I, about his family getting killed. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, his family getting killed 30 years ago, but like Outside that doesn't mean that you're gonna garden. destroy the world because yeah. of it. It's like the bad guys killed your family. Why don't you become a... I don't fucking... I don't yeah. know what his motivation was. It that didn't feel... There should have been more development of him rather than going on off of uh, spoiler alert that they kill... Spoiler alert. All of Spectre. Um, spoiler alert. I, I feel like that sort of like the Spectre or somebody of Spectre being behind that sort of thing, if it was Blowfield or whoever, would have been a more uh, connective villain than this random guy who we haven't we never heard of being yeah. the last main villain for the Bond van for this van, franchise. Um and I was just like I did not care what his motivations were. I think the the fucking Russian scientist guy was more uh, <laughs> like more fleshed out <laughs> than than <laughs> Roman Mag's character. I for for to have such a level of uh stakes that they were trying to push on there that villain should have been somebody that we probably should have had the entire time of these movies or something like that. 
Uh, at least in the background or doing something. At least in the background. Like yeah. how did like how they were trying to do in, with Blofeld and Spectre of the last one, even though they were trying to they kind of hand fisted it in there because they didn't really have the rights to Spectre until the movie Spectre. Mm-hmm. But you know, it should be that it's Blofeld or some other, you know, long term goal behind that. That's my biggest gripe on the whole entire movie is that the villain just didn't work. Other than that, one of the things I love what's, about this movie what's Blofeld's name, the actor? Uh, um, Christoph Waltz. Waltz. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, every movie would be better with more Christoph Waltz. Let's yeah, every movie. Would be <laughs> like he in that one scene with James Bond exhibited yeah. more menace and more pathos and more like just villainy yeah. than exactly. all of Romy Maddox <laughs> scenes. Period. Yeah. Like all of yeah. it. And like, even though I love the ending, it was like. That's a, that a dick move, man. It's just a bitch ass move. You're getting your ass kicked, so you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna poison you now. You can't see your family again." Uh, yeah, get the fuck out of here, dude! Like, that, that we won. Just, just stop. <laughs> Kid had little dick energy for days. Yeah, little dick energy for days. <laughs> One of the coolest thing I like about this movie is that because they hired, uh, I don't know the actress's name. I think it's Loretta Lynch, but don't quote me on that. But Naomi as 007. There was a lot of backlash about a black woman being 007. And in this movie, they're like, it's just a fuck. They hammered at home. It's just a fucking number. Anybody can be 007 if you are the best. It does not have to be James Bond to be 007. And I would like to see a movie starring this young lady as 007 because she was an absolute badass throughout this whole entire movie. She was fucking awesome. Not only was she awesome as just an agent, but she was, after her little initial tiff with james bond respected for him and the things that he has done and at the end of the mission he's like yo i want to give him back his designation because like this is probably being his last mission so let him let him be 007 and i and thought that was really really didn't cool. like that i thought you're you you're, it. you're dumb lashana lynch lashana lynch <laughs> yeah lashana lynch i'm sorry i, I said loretta this lashana yeah <laughs> but i just like i liked their interplay between him and her i like the hey, fact like that he didn't fuck her for the first like <laughs> the only bond woman she let him. The, yeah she wouldn't let him <laughs> I, I love that uh her the scenes with her and um i don't know what the second command of mi6 that dude's name is but like is he with, like this right? with all the women he's like it's 50 <laughs> 50 so that was a fun joke mm-hmm. um oh. yeah i pretty much enjoyed like there's the action was tight it was good um it looked for the most part very practical there wasn't i there wasn't a lot of moments where I was like, oh, that's 100% CG or that's blue screen or whatever. A lot of the effects and stuff are really, really good. Um, I'm not going to lie. You know, when you have, like, parent shit in movies, you know, <laughs> that's a good way to get me in my feels. And when he's at the, in spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. At the end, when he's talking to, uh, I can't remember the character's name. Uh, it's uh, what? his daughter. Not his daughter, but his his baby mama. Oh, and it's uh, just like Leah. telling her that I'm not coming no, Madeline, home. Madeline, 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 Madeline. That's her name. I love you, and I love her. And you guys can be fine. Like I, I, I teared up a little bit. I was, I was, uh, yeah. I was going. <laughs> you know, it, it got me right where where they wanted me to get it, and it, I felt like it was a good and nice ending to how to James to this era of yeah. James Bond because honestly. There was no happy ending for him. There was not going to be because he's done so much. He's made yeah. so many enemies. He was never going to, I mean, never going to have a nice, peaceful retirement life. And even like, though I hated this, they 
another spoiler that killed off uh poor felix jeffrey felix, right. yeah yeah uh, and like you know um what a way to go for guys in this in this industry and, and it was like you know it was uh a little <laughs> foreshadowing to what was because he's like oh i can just tell my parent my family i save the world again it's like Nah, you, you're not going to tell nobody what you did because you're going to be dead. And there's no way it was, around it. It was weird in that sequence. I kind of, I was hoping that he was going to give James like the info and be like, will you pass along to my family? This is who they are that I was part of saving the world again, which would have made it doubly horrible at the end of this. Yeah, because he couldn't have done it. Right. <laughs> but nice other little move was with the... um other cia agent uh ash i believe his name was yeah when he when he uh, was uh on his Logan deathbed ash. james yeah. bond was like i had a brother his name was felix and you killed him and here now have this car <laughs> fuck that guy i enjoyed <laughs> this movie i yeah. thought it was great yeah i think it's a good farewell to james bond to the daniel craig version of james bond and i would like to see uh another spinoff of of uh Agent Noam is, you know, 007 missions. I think that would be a cool thing to do for until we get another James Bond person. On to you, Jason. Okay. Right, buddy. Right. Bring uh, us home. Bring us home. This movie is trash. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to rain. Uh, no, look. Uh, I think you guys have hit all the notes. I think Remy Mala was terrible. I think I've given him a pass because, you know, it's, it's him. He was god awful in it. He, I couldn't understand what the hell he was saying because he was mumbling half the movie. So neither here nor there. I don't. Is either two type of Bond villains that, that you're going to be into? You're either going to be into a Bond villain who's menacing, that you actually feel like is a legitimate either physical or intellectual threat to Bond, like Blumfeld, or it's just camping over the top. So you enjoy the wackiness of the character. Like Javier DBM's version, in, uh, I think, was Skyfall. He was nothing. He 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 didn't kick any of them. He just was a dude, and that's fine. <laughs> Be the dude because this movie, the story is more about Bond and all that. I didn't need a world-ending situation for this. You could have kept it in that same pocket, and this movie still works because regardless if he's going at the spectrum, a specter. Bond and his job is to protect everybody in the public and the ideology that, hey, this weapon can be used to do further damage. You could have kept the, the villain being a small-time revenge villain. You didn't need this whole, at the moment, the shoehorn, we're going to, we can do whatever we want to do with the world because you never set the mythos that this guy was a psychopath in that sense. You made it the mythos that all he cared about was revenge for the murdering of his family. He pretty much got that revenge. His conflict with Bond could have been, yes, that Bond is trying to stop this weapon that can be used for worse, worse things. And this guy's like, nah, I'm going to keep this weapon in my back pocket in case some shit ever pops up again. I can defend it. Cool. But no, you have to make this, oh, he's going to do it to destroy whoever. Yeah, that's bullshit. He, he, the guy never cared about that. So to make him care about it at the end just seemed pretty crazy. Another part of this is that that bothered me about the movie and it just felt kind of just disjointed for me was and it's just going off the series, they made it really heavily known in the last two that Bond was pretty much kind of washed up. Like, they nailed that hammer hard as hell the last two. And in this one, it's like, oh, it took a couple of years. I guess he got refreshed. And that <laughs> bum knee that was hurting him, I guess it's no hard bother anymore because this dude is back. They even referenced the knee. It, it, <laughs> it, it bothers me because it's like, dude, you spent so you spent two movies 
making it be like because each movie they thought was going to be Daniel Craig's last one. So you spent two movies hammering home that this dude is kind of washed. And in this one, it's like, nah, we back in Casino Royale style, baby. I'm busting through drywall. Like, just <laughs> give me some consistency. But with all that being said, those are my own. Oh, and the movie was probably 30 minutes too long. Like, yeah, you, what, 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 what would, honestly, what would you have cut? Oh, you could cut a lot of the bullshit. Like, even the the, the stuff with Remy Malik's character and all that shit could have been eliminated. I did like Bloomfield, but you could eliminate that. It didn't really have any real bearing, except for the whole parson that, they okay, him and James really aren't related, which mm. was kind of like skeeted over in the movie because I mean, when he had the, the stuff to touch them, everybody that has the same DNA should have died. So James... They are related. Be, they're, they're adoptive brothers. Yeah, again, I'm saying, but they kind of like <laughs> skeeted over like, oh, this big moment to be like, Bosh, did you feel something about, you know, and should he adopt a brother, like, biting it? And it was like, nah, I'm good. He was a bad guy. I'm all right. But yeah, we know Bond has loved bad women all through his life. Anyway, just again, I don't want to, because that's a nitpick thing for me, but I was just like, uh, whatever. Uh, but it just to the point, it could have cut about 30 minutes of this movie. It could have still worked pretty seamlessly. I did dig the fact that the women in this movie were all about the we not fucking James Bond life. That was great. <laughs> Even homegirl, when he meets her, he, she's unbuttoning his shirt, and he's like, damn, usually we get to know each other. And she's like, oh, no, sorry. Put the suit on. No, no, great. No. Yeah, great, great. I'm like, yeah, somebody wants to oh, fuck this old white dude now. Like, nobody wants to fuck this old white dude anymore. We good. We got it. Like, <laughs> 20 years ago, baby. Now you, you old and washed. No, nobody's trying to hit that. Like, but, but she did invite him back. She's like, next time you're around, <laughs> stay a little longer. Yeah, I, I took that as we just had a good time drinking and hanging out because they did. Yes, they had, had a good time drinking and hanging out. Drinking, <laughs> yeah, shooting right. bad guys. It's a, it's a Friday night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but no, all along, like I said, the movie, it was fun, man. It was just a really, really fun movie. And I think a lot of it was fun because, like, I know Jared's like, oh, I'm a gadget guy. For a James Bond, I am a gadget James Bond guy. So yeah, that's why, again, but you gotta realize my, my James Bond is Pierce Brosnan. So he was <laughs> gadget heavy in all those movies. So yeah. Daniel Craig's one to finally get to the point where they're really throwing in some gadgets and showing some cool stuff that he can do. Hell, the, the plane at him and, um, the female yes. 007 get in and go like it was like, just a lot of dope stuff in there. I was like, oh, this is cool. Oh, that's submarine cool. was cool as shit. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> right. I do wish that the tropish of the oh, that's not your kid, but it is your kid thing. Can we just do away with that in Hollywood? You know what it reminded me of when I watched yeah. it. I was like, oh, you fucking, you fucking <laughs> Superman returning me right now. That's what you're doing to me. Oh, this isn't your kid. Uh, it's this guy's kid or whatever, whatever. And it's like, you know what? It is my kid. Why would you lie about that? Shut the it's his kid. Like just say, yeah. yeah especially you want that child support. Yeah. Not, not even that. It's like this is your kid, but you would have known, but you told me that I would never see you again. So yeah. I didn't think like you have a good built-in reason why you didn't tell him. So so why the lying now? Like and then I hate the trope of, oh, I love you because you're my kid. James, you don't even know this kid. You don't fucking love this kid. Like this kid, you only met like for, on oh, camera, oh. what? For a day, get out of here! And you were talking about your kid, like less than a day, probably like five hours. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I, like it. stop it! You don't love this kid, bro. He made like, her breakfast yeah. once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like, don't love this kid, man. Like, no, get yeah. fuck out of here, man. I'm, I'm cool. He'd be like, I don't, I don't know, I don't claim this one. <laughs> 
I mean, he could have easily just said, like, such and such, I wish I could be around to get to know you better and to see you grow. Cool. Ah, I love you. What are you talking about? Then that means every kid that James Bond met for a half a day, he's in love with then. Because, you know, eh, get the fuck out of here. And anyway, James Bond's defense, that little girl was adorable. <laughs> that girl, that little girl was ugly, too. Stop it, guys. Uh, we're going to finish off here. I'm tired right. of everybody being like his kids are like chubby and like cute. I will say, I will say, after hearing hearing what you guys said, there's there's an interesting thing that I I didn't really have the words for it, but now I think I do. Like, it's it's very interesting. Like, generally, you judge a, a hero by his villains, right? And in in a James Bond movie, generally, the the more bombastic and wild the villain is, the the better the Bond movie is. But in this scenario, this was a story that they wanted to tell about James Bond. And James Bond was it was it was his story, right? So the villain was kind of window dressing or background, which is kind of what Malik was. And then they even shoehorned in Christoph Waltz for a touch. But uh, it's I feel like it's one of those rare exceptions where because the character's so well established, I was here for the James Bond story and the villains. D- taking the back seat and not being very developed or having any good reason for being there didn't really bother me that much. You know what I mean? Like it, it normally can I that's my time. Can I yeah. play my time? Yeah, please. Like, please what are we doing, man? Like, well, I, I thought yeah, you were I, moving to review. I thought you were moving to, to the, the scores. My bad. My bad. You're playing my time. <laughs> right, my time. <laughs> I thought you were about to turn us over to scoring. Uh, Maxine no, no. I, I literally was like in the middle of finishing it. You're like, yeah, I just thought about something. Like, yeah, all right, finding it off. Like, the things about this that everybody's going to enjoy is that because it is a quintessential Bond film, which you just took from me, that is about James Bond. Not 007, it's about James Bond. And this is probably one of the rare Bond films that is just about James Bond. Like, in my top three list, I mentioned his marriage to uh, to Tracy Bond. That that other one is one of the one of the the movies that was about James Bond, less about 007. So I thought that was a very good way to end this with this being, hey, this is about James Bond. And yeah, you're right. They got rid of a lot of the distractions to make it about James Bond because you already had all the other movies set up when it was personal vendettas between Bond and someone else and Bond and this person. This one was his personal vendetta was like, like Jason said earlier, his vendetta was about the life. He can't be who he really, he could never be James Bond because 007 will always rear his ugly head into James Bond's life. And the only way for that to end is for it to end. So I was going to say, that's what made me really love this movie because that was hit home very heavily. Again, when you say talk about the 007 just being a number and like James Bond, even, even not knowing how to even to call himself at certain points because he had to use his regular moniker. Like, again, and I thought that was really smartly and intelligently done. So that's why I, I, I definitely did like this movie. Now, Jerry, please, yes, you can go on. Sorry, that, that was literally it. That was the whole thing. I'm, I'm so sorry. I honestly thought you were like, and now we're going to go to scores. And I was like, hold on. But no, all right, my bad. But you're uh, fine. <laughs> one of the scenes that I liked the most about this movie was at the very end when they pour a drink for James. And they all, you know, have a moment to reflect on James Bond. And they're like, mm-hmm. let's get back to work. And they yeah. got to go yeah. back to doing their shit. Yeah, the <laughs> you know? stop. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. I do think they could have probably hammered in a little bit more that the nature of their job has changed. That, you know, it's mm. no longer about just, you know, putting a guy, you know, a really badass guy in the room with, you know, bad people. Because, you know, now it's not just one singular bad person. It is 
you know, these nebulous groups of bad people who can right. just do and whatever they fucking feel like. I think that would have been, yeah, that could have been pushed a little bit more because that's something that's prevalent in our day and age. But other than that, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I like this movie. <laughs> and also, I liked it. It's it's such a it's such a a minor point. It has like it's it's a flash and you miss it scenario. But the 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 level of joy that flashes across Daniel Craig's face when he picks up his daughter's like stuffed animal when he's like I'm gonna get this back to her before he realizes shit's gonna go sideways like he's like I got this I'm gonna be the greatest dad in the world and make up for all the years <laughs> I wasn't around like oh, he no. looks at it and he is really happy with himself and then best he, thing that he, happened to the little girl is he's dead <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean for sure. One thousand percent. You're gonna have this emotionally unavailable dad who's teaching you how to fucking gouge Murder. out someone's eyes with a yeah, fucking yeah. knife or some shit. Let's, let's no. go hunting, baby. Yeah. <laughs> James Bond will be Cyclops. Here? He just sent us to the future, so it's a little bit of that. I guess let's go into our rating of uh, 007, No Time to Die. Jaren, what is your rating on the movie? Uh, this is a solid. 3.7 see it in the theaters if you can uh it's worth it's worth the price of admission plus you're getting two hours and 40 minutes of movie for your ten dollar ticket price go for it my guy ten dollars where are you paying ten dollars at fourteen dollar <laughs> ticket price <laughs> i was gonna say where are you paying ten dollars at <laughs> jason what is your rating on no time to die any movie that makes me tear up i'm always gonna add another point to it <laughs> so i'm gonna give this like a a solid four because I think, yeah, this was a good send off for uh, Daniel Craig's James Bond. And it, should be safe. It, it felt like it earned it too, right? Yeah. It, and it, it felt it, like it earned it. Yeah. There was no tricks about the emotional thing. It wasn't cheap. It felt like it earned it. Because I mean, and, you knew what was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's not saying it's as soon as he didn't get back on the boat, you were like, oh, yeah, this motherfucker's dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give a 3.5. It's probably my third favorite out of all of the ones that Daniel Craig has done. Hmm. Um, but uh, Cena Royale Skyfall in this one. Yep. Yep. You hit it right on the head. Yes. So yeah, I, again, I, but I did enjoy it. And like you said, I think it is the perfect send up and send off. Hopefully they do something with that 007 moniker in the future. Cause I like the person who, who gained it. I think, she can do an amazing job, but they actually put the time, money, and energy behind it. So we'll see. But I would just cool. like to see that movie. I mean, that, I just think that would be as Naomi 007 just yeah. doing James Bond shit, but as a black woman, you know, fucking dudes or other ladies. I don't know what she likes. Or, <laughs> <laughs> you know, pegging dudes. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just think it'd be fun. <laughs> So oh, right. gay guys, but then she just straps on the whole time. That's hilarious. I, yeah, I got something for you. <laughs> All right. Before we go too off the, the rails, we're going to go back to some a little bit of religion here. We're going to talk about Midnight Mass that is on Netflix. It is a Netflix series that is out here doing its thing. Uh, let's jump right into it. Jason, what did you think of Midnight Mass on Netflix? All right. This show, uh, I, I believe it's another one of... Uh, Michael Flynn, I believe the director, creator, slash creator's name is. Um, Jaren, fact check me on that. But he has a number of other Netflix shows. Uh, the Haunting Hill House, The Haunting of Fly Manor, mm-hmm. uh, Gerald's Game. Uh, yes. And he has been knocking it out of the park for the most part. Uh, and in this show, 
I feel like. And this one of the shows that was a personal thing for him. It's his first non-adapted work. This is actually 100%. I mean, he could probably, you know, make, you know, aspersions towards Salem's Lot. But this is something that he created himself. And, uh, yeah, this show, very much a slow burn. Not a lot of jump scares, even though there's one that fucking like, ah! But like you know, visual storytelling, the uh, characters in this show, the talk, the discussions of religion and what they mean, what it means to people, um, and also the conversations about death and what that means for people. Oh my god, I just I ate everything up on this, and you know, the way that things were made that you know there wasn't really even though that bad things were happening, people were doing it in their minds for a good reason there you know uh father paul was tr- in his mind was trying to save his town and you know help out his loved ones of course he went in a very shitty direction with it but he didn't have any like it wasn't like an animosity sort of thing it wasn't like he did it out of hate or jealousy unlike uh what's her face the bev bev keenan bev, bev keenan who oh. is a just a despicable human being you mean the Kirkland, <laughs> the Kirkland brand, Dolores Umbridge? <laughs> Shit, she's worse than Dolores Umbridge in my book. Oh. That bitch. But yeah, every part of this, like I, I love poor uh, Matt Schofield or <laughs> Matt uh, Saracen from uh, uh, Friday Night Lights. I can't remember Riley. That's the character name. Oh, main guy, main I, guy. Like, it's just I love this show. It was just so good. There was things in there that uh, uh, that really, really hit me in my heart, my my feels. Um, at first, you know, you have the fact that Riley has kind of embarrassed his family by, you know, killing this poor young woman. He feels, you know, completely terrible about it. He feels that he's a waste of a human being. You have his dad who's kind of like estranged from him because of, and it wasn't even really because of what the actions that he did. It was because of a whole other things. But you also have the, the fact that, you know, his dad, because of this religious figure coming back to town, was like, Hey, I'm sorry that I treated you like shit because I just couldn't, I just didn't know how to deal with it. I'm sorry. And he actually apologizes to his son. And, you know, things like that don't happen in real life very often where you, your parents or people, your loved ones come to you and say, you know, I'm sorry for my part in, in the way I've made you feel, you know? And I thought those, those little moments like that were just wonderful and excellent. And, uh, there's not it much. Helps, I it helps when a wheelchair bound girl is is is. Oh, dude, yeah. Giving that her part was, Yeah, <laughs> where she forgave, uh, you know, Joe. Oh, and like because Joe didn't even forgive himself. Joe, right? Didn't like Joe hated himself for what he did to her. He's trying to drink and himself to death. He he was yeah he was trying literally trying to drink himself to her. He never wanted her forgiveness because he couldn't forgive himself, and the fact that she. Like, not only tells him how he made her feel, but then in the end forgives him. And this is the whole show is about. It's just like finding your own forgiveness in the things that in the things that you've done, Um, especially at the end when all this bad stuff happens. You know. A lot of the the characters like they realize what they did was wrong and they just, you know, had to seek forgiveness amongst themselves because, you know, (laughs) they ain't shit else was happening. Sorry, Jared, this is a spoiler alert for you. Sure, yeah. But it's it's just like one of those shows that like the ending is so bitter, but it's also very sweet that you I just can't help but but love this mm. stuff like this. So 
I don't want to get into. There's so much going on that I cannot get into like all like the specifics of it. But there is mm. so much going on in this. There's so many like different twists and turns and things. Uh, but the one spoiler that I will say, it's a motherfucking vampire. Y'all should have known that from the beginning. <laughs> it's a fucking vampire. You look like an angel to me. <laughs> Don't look like no motherfucking Man angel God, like that. An That's angel a fucking like that. vampire right there. You should have saw that from the fucking get-go. But understand why you weren't weren't thinking straight because you were senile and you had dementia. But yeah, I love this show. <laughs> Going to yeah, turn uh, <laughs> No, no, I mean you you know I'm the resident probably horror guy on the show for the most part. Everything you said, I mean, even from the Salem Lot thought process, everything right there with the the only issue I had is that I feel like he was he was telling such a big story that it felt like he had to rush it to the ending. And I because look, you're right, a lot of the things they were hitting on. A lot of the conversations they were having were just gold. I mean, the the PTA meeting conversation. Oh my! I could have watched. Awesome. I could have watched ten more minutes of that. Like, wait, just the one like, with the Bible, the where they're upset about the yeah, Bible yeah, yeah. Being handed out. Yeah, yeah. And so I could have watched ten more minutes of that. Um, the conversation with the death thing I thought was kind of cheesy, and I think that's because the character of Riley, the guy that plays him, he's just not a strong actor, and it, it's cool. Chris Harrison, man. He's just not strong. Yeah, he's just not a strong actor, man. In this, let me say that, in this. He doesn't seem very, he didn't know how to emote very well, and he just didn't seem as troubled as we would, like, he just, his troubled look was, look sad. That shows your trouble. Like, it wasn't any nuance to it. I did, like, him and, him and you know, you know, Pastor Paul's conversation, even when he, you know, what happens with them, and he's talking about, you know, him forgiving himself and why he can forgive himself for his act, but why you he couldn't. And I thought that was a very great conversation. Also, the thing I love the most about this is that you could tell this is probably written by somebody who is probably the average person when it comes to religion. Depending on what day you talk to me, it will determine how religious I probably am that day, depending on what's going on. And it felt like that for this movie because the different characters fleshed out different aspects of the whole religious spectrum. From the yeah. non-believers to the doubters to the people that believe in science to the overzealous to the ones that blindly follow to the ones that don't question. Like all the spectrums you can think about religion-wise that you have with people that are in and out of it, it hit very well. Uh, and I thought that was a very, very, very poignant thing. The only other end of that, it was sometimes conversations that were had that I thought was just, hey, we're trying to make this character a little more fleshed out. So let's have this conversation to make you feel it fleshed out. Like, like the sheriff, the conversation with the scientists, the Sharif, <laughs> we, 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 yeah, Sharif, the sheriff, like we didn't need the whole nine 11 and blah, blah, blah. He literally could have said that whole conversation is you want me to go look under this church when people there think I'm fucking Osama bin Laden would have summed it all up for us. And we'd have been like, cool. His son said yeah. earlier, they left because of racism. I didn't need this whole nine 11 stuff. I, I didn't need it. And I felt like, yeah, it was cool. But who was that for? Yeah, it's kind who of was that conversation for? Yeah, yeah. And but I'm saying even that, like I think all the conversations had a purpose for people in a certain state of minds. Who was that conversation for? Because the people that don't believe in the racism in the police department aren't gonna listen to him and go, you know what? He's right. Maybe the police department should be held accountable. And the people who already know it, like us, we're not looking at it and going, I'm so glad they put this out on TV. Like, no, <laughs> if you either you know or you don't, it, it didn't really. 
it, it, it didn't fit a narrative there. I think it just was there because they wanted you to try to relate to him or feel something for him. So what ended up happening to him is a more tragic moment. But it, it, it didn't translate for me very well on that one. So it was some moments in some conversations that I'm like, you could have skipped out. But all in all, like I said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And to your angel and vampire thing, here is my over resounding theory on it is that none of us have seen an angel that we can talk about. We know what white Jesus looks like, and we know what white <laughs> angels look like. Does that mean that's what Jesus or angels really look like? I know what creating looks like. But and then <laughs> even the point of them even saying, every time that he was, they showed him, he made the comment about how in the Bible, everybody was fearful of angels. Yeah. Now, if we talk about the angels that are drawn on glass, that are blonde hair, blue eyes with wings, no one's going to be afraid of that. So you have to make the assumption by just to, just to push a logic that something about angels looked weird to what human beings perceived it to be. And that's why in the Bible, they all were afraid of it, which bring in vampire, homie. That is something that if I saw walking down the street, I would be freaked out about. So when you tell me that, hey, this is what a real angel looks like, and that's why everybody in the Bible was freaked out, I'm going to be like, that makes sense because, you know, that dude looked like a vampire. <laughs> and I'm a rock with it. Like, Especially if like you one of those Nosferatu like, vampires too, not one but, of those like, yeah, like but also put in context too that these people in this congregation have seen the impossible impossible being done. So if that guy who's been doing the impossible tells me I have nothing to fear from this vampire, I'm not gonna fear the vampire. I think that's an easy logical thing to say from yeah, making a that... chick walk, from making people younger, from curing people from blind, all the time he's done. I'm going to believe the, the pastor at this point because he's done so much great stuff. I yeah. agree to you up to the point where they're like, hey, drink this rat poison. <laughs> then I'm like, this is a call now. This is a call now, and I'm, I'm going to leave. <laughs> I was going to say, for us, that, that is the blackness in us because we know how many times, I mean, you said the cult shit. Cults happen. Yeah. yeah. And there ain't a lot of us in these cults that it's happening to. So it's very believable for me that they would have drank that. Jones, I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, that's why I said the whole, because even at first I was like, that's kind of whack that like, this, <laughs> they believe in this vampire thing. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm thinking about it as a horror guy and not an overly religious guy. So that's why I'm tripping. But if I'm overly yeah. religious and my pastor who's doing miracles is telling me, don't fear this joker, I'm, I'm a ride with are, it. Yeah. Also, yeah. I will admit the best thing in here that kind of helped but ruined it. I was watching it with my wife. And my first thing my wife said was, man, why all these people got this bad makeup? They must be trying to show them younger later on. And I go, oh, fuck. <laughs> and it, it started that's making like, that's exactly together very Every quickly. time they flash that old guy stumbling around fucking Jerusalem, I'm like, that's like, a young oh, guy with makeup. That's bad makeup. That's yeah. <laughs> number one. Old, the old face makeup in this is terrible. It is yeah, horrible. Yeah. So bad. Yeah. And, but the problem is, is the that like, once she said that, I put everything together very, like, almost... She said it like episode two, and I was like, yeah. "Oh yeah. shit, I know what's going on." So that's what only I would say it hurt me because the makeup was a, is so bad that my non-movie watching wife put yeah. that together quickly, and it, it made me string all together and go, "Oh, I know what's going on now." And so, yeah, does the um, doctor's mom get young? Oh, she gets very young. Okay, because there's a <laughs> yeah. shot in episode two. It's a side shot of her face, and it it's bad. The old yeah. the old person makeup is bad. So. Yeah, the lady right. they got to play that actress is like twenty one or some shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, uh, that's that is the lady. That's that is the exact scene when Jess was like, "Oh, their makeup for is really bad. They must be going to play someone." Like that scene we should talk about is exactly when she said it. So yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. I thought it was cool. I thought it was the best kind of horror where they were telling the story. It was suspenseful, but it wasn't so overladen with mystery that it wasn't to the point where I'm trying to figure out the mystery more than paying attention to what's going on. It actually made me want to know what's going on, but also cared about the conversations being had around this whole thing. So, But I, I wrote this on Facebook. Y'all need to start mm-hmm. closing your windows at night. Okay, because when the sheriff turns off his lamp and the fucking vampire is looking on the window, that scared the shit out of me. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, why yeah, is yeah. the window not closed? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's funny about that. Uh, when the pregnant gay- girl goes to the doctor at the end of the, like in the middle of the night for spotting, and then she's like, you know, it's good, you can bounce, and then she leaves. The doctor locks her door. And I think to myself, I'm like, this is a small fucking ass town. Why is that doctor locking her door? I was like, this is the kind of town that you don't lock your doors in. Ironically, encounter. What are you talking about? (laughs) There's a town drunk that wanders around and sometimes ends up in the pokey for trying to break into the general. And that's also cool about this. Why it kind of uh, negates some of the horror tropes of people just acting stupid, especially like for bull. You know, who's walking around at night in this town when there's obviously a vampire running around, but he walks in the, and like if you were from a small town where you're just like someone's playing a joke on you, of course you'd be like, Yo, who's yeah. in there? Brian, is that you? I'm gonna walk in there. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if this is like the city or something like that, like you very would, different story. It would be a stupid thing for a person to do. Yes. Mm. All right. But, well, Jen, your review on your thoughts on Midnight Mass. Uh, well, all right. So I know that I am uh I, so I only got through like the first uh three or four episodes before I got on. So, um, and I watched them all today. So I'm a little more fresh on the beginning of this. I'm surprised none of you uh, <laughs> brought this up. My first note on this is white guy gets four to 10. He takes four. <laughs> <laughs> like They're like, you're going to be sentenced to four to 10 years in the state penitentiary. He's like, I'll take four. And, and <laughs> four years later, I'm like, we're going to do the four. <laughs> I'm good with the we, four. Thank you. You keep we, the we, ten. We don't. We don't point this out, Jaren, because we're used to it. Like that's normalized for us. Of course, like, he's only gonna be in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, if he no, was no, a no. black dude, he would have got the death penalty, man. That's, that's no, if it was a black dude that got four to ten, he took the four. We'd have been like, man, a black dude got like. We would have talked about that. Middle. A white dude. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Betts would have got. They would have thrown some extra charges on fucking oh. Deshaun's ass. Yeah, 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 yeah. White white dude doing it. Yeah, that's just normal. Uh, from what I've seen so far, I really enjoy uh, the fact that they had that conversation where uh, Riley talks about researching all of the religion and still comes up an atheist that kind of made him my hero. Um, mm-hmm. But then you also get like all these other like valid points about other religions, like even the religious people speak uh, informed and eloquently about where they're coming from and it makes you at least gives somebody of an atheistic mind like myself you know pause it it makes me realize that everybody else is an idiot there's another there is a valid argument to be made on the other side of it which i appreciate because when it's when it's talked about in that fashion sometimes you can forget you know people that want to get rid of abortion or fight holy wars that kill hundreds of thousands of people, you know, all that religious shit. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, it did bother me immediately though. Felt salty that, uh, our, our boy was apparently wealthy for a small bit of time and didn't send any money to his clearly poor fucking ass family on the Island of misfits. So, you know, (laughs) 
made, made me a little made me a little sad about my atheist not helping out his folk because you know we like to think of ourselves as as moralistic folk. Uh, okay. At one point in time, the uh, the new father makes a sermon. Uh, I think it's one of his first, and he uses like an abstract thing, and then talks about lots of traffic on an island with a hundred people. <laughs> that I don't think I've seen a, a moving vehicle in the group, and he's supposed to be like <laughs> traffic guys of a right. Sometimes Are there cars faulty. on the island. I don't. I I didn't see one in the first three episodes. There were some boats on the side <laughs> of roads that were just like very much on land and not in the water, but I didn't see a car. I did see a mobile home. I don't know how it got there because there was no car <laughs> attached to it. Yeah. <laughs> but he tries to use like getting stuck in traffic as a thing. And I'm like, he's looking out at these people and I'm like, these motherfuckers don't understand that they're, that's a different thing, man. <laughs> they don't care about traffic. They don't experience traffic. Uh, yeah, but I thought that was hilarious. And that's the only other note I made. I do like that they, again, they, they give, both sides of the religious argument like i think fair game uh especially when riley and and uh the father like kind of square off uh when they're alone in those uh those uh alcoholic anonymous meetings riley lays into him and everything he's saying i'm like yes the, I, I i feel the exact same way why would a god do this why does a god let a kid die of cancer that kind of mentality that idea right and he's like you claim he's good but he's he you he's only good in that he that he tells you you can find salvation and something in suffering which is things that he creates like that whole thing and then his like de-escalating of the situation going i have an answer for you about why i thought that girl could walk but it's not an answer that you're gonna you're, you're gonna accept. You're going to accept it's, it's, you're going to want more. I could tell you that I felt it and, you know, my mitochondria or whatever Star Wars bullshit was going on. And, uh, you know, the force or it helped me see that the girl possibly could walk, but that's not going to be enough for you. And he acknowledges to his eternal credit. Riley goes, you're right. I, I, I probably want more. Like, I like that, that, that is kind of the crux. I feel like the best arguments were made for both sides of this story about religion and I think they were done well. And I think they were both given one wasn't made to look stupid or far-fetched or silly. Uh, they both kind of had their, that's what I, I genuinely enjoyed that aspect of it. Also all of the Catholic shit, the hymns over some of the, like, <laughs> like, like it, I had some serious PTSD about some, some old school Catholicism that I was involved with. So uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I, and I agree with Jason. Uh, number one, uh as as far as it being horror there is something going on but that is not the most pervasive thing they kind of nestle you in as a watcher of these people in kind of a safe bubble to just experience very low like small stakes but interesting interreactions with these characters like everybody and there is something in the periphery that you know something wicked this way comes uh, but it's never like, at least in the first three episodes, it's very ancillary and it's yeah. very out there. It's far away, but it's getting closer, but everything around you in the show so far is so en enthralling and worth watching. And the characters are so well-written and their interactions are so well put together and well-acted that even though, you know, something 
horribles on the horizon. You're just like, but let's figure out what's happening now. Did she poison that dog? I hate that woman. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, and you might not have got to this yet, uh, Aaron, I have but probably. the question is, not only did she poison the dog, which she did, she definitely poisoned the dog, but was she yeah, also poisoning the father? Right, right, right. Like she, she, she wields that uh, that rat poison with deft precision. So, yeah, yeah. And also, she's the type. She's so fucking the type. Such a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad. Discount <laughs> Dolores Umbridge. This cunt. <laughs> Dollar Tree. We got Dolores Umbridge at home. <laughs> Dolores Dollar, Umbridge. <laughs> Dollar Tree. Dolores Umbridge. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, from what I've seen, I liked it a lot. I, I am uh, uh, sorry in advance for not realizing it was a series. Uh, I thought it was a movie, like I, I joked about it earlier. Probably a B movie starring Megan Fox, based on the title. But uh, uh, I a, will finish it outside of the podcast because she's I, a I'm, nun, which she's a naughty nun that needs to be. Yeah, and there's a vampire. <laughs> and, there's a vampire. <laughs> and she's got guns. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> time to pray to Jesus. One hundred percent. But uh, yeah, no, uh, I genuinely enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, Jason, back to you. Jason. Oh, I already. Went, I mean, yeah. But well, I guess it's up to ratings. Yeah, yes. So. Jason, are we doing? Do you give uh, Midnight Jason? Mass. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. As a as I say, uh, things that make me cry. I put an extra. I put an extra point on this. At the end of this, I was straight balling. Like. Mm. I was crying, crying. Like the marbles episode of of like uh, the marble. I think I cried falling? worse in the end of this than I did in the marbles episode of, of really. Of yeah. Okay. Now because it's you know when you have like because I don't want to spoil it for anybody because I think people should definitely watch the show. Yeah. There's this mm. point with between a father and a son. You can probably guess mm. which characters. I was I was I was crying. I was crying. Right. I can't I can't All lie. Right. I, I was I was tears running down my face so i'm gonna give this a 4.5 out of five because wow. i love this wow. this show is just so great okay okay um i'm probably gonna give it a, a 3.5 i thought it was good i thought it was fun uh sometimes it got kind of preachy got kind of brow beady got kind of brow yeah like it, but uh other than that i mean i enjoyed it i enjoyed the conclusion i enjoyed how like I feel like all the actions were pretty much realistic, but it did kind of sometimes be like, learn that Bible. So <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it a three point five. Uh, Jaren, what do you got on your initial watch? Uh, for the for the first three episodes, I can give it a solid. Uh, I'm giving it a solid three for. Uh, if you have Netflix, absolutely watch it. Uh, I've got four more episodes to go. I might update that in the future but as it stands right now it's a solid three the characters are great if you have it watch it it's it, you're not going to be disappointed with the first three episodes i guarantee that and to my sister who doesn't like scary things it's not that scary at all so it, yeah. <laughs> there's only one time when i was like legitimately scared it's it's not scary yeah. <laughs> all right and on that note that's another <laughs> edition of the in word for nerd podcast coming to you uh, uh, this was a long show guys i know it's 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 a lot of content. Hopefully you enjoy it. If you don't, cut out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a long show. Still a two hour show. Cutting that out. Uh. So with all that being said, please remember as always to like, share, 
follow us and subscribe on Headcanon Circus everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor FM. And if you are on YouTube, please remember to hit that notification bell so you'll be notified when we post more content. Jaren, any final words and closing words for us today? Uh, no, I appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. Also, if you're on YouTube and you're smashing that uh, bell, chances are you're getting a edited down and uh, bite-sized version of this that are broken up to smaller, easier, digestible pieces. So uh, you're not looking at, what are we at? Two hours and 22 minutes. You're not going to be looking at that on your, you looking that at that in its entirety on YouTube, just cut out pieces that are easy, you know, but 10 minutes, 16 minutes, maybe. So, yeah, hit that bell. All right. And Jason, any final words? It's only two hours and 24 minutes. Y'all some bitches. Y'all can't sit through this. This is good content. All right? This is great shit. It is. <laughs> it Tip is. your service and bartenders 20%. Be kind and consider to one another. And with that being said, we will see you all next week. Peace. Sweet. week.